This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm back with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. And we're continuing through our Compelled by Grace series, which has really uh, been well-received by a lot of people. And, and it's prompting people to actually go read the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you never knew about it or whatever. So that's a good thing because it's it's got a lot of great uh, truths in it and really just builds on the journey at the things that you'll learn if you go through the journey. So, so Rocky, today's um, secret, we're, doing, we're talking about the kingdom secrets that are embedded in this story. And today's is uh, the secret that abandonment and trust will forge courage. And so uh, let me read the definition to you that you wrote. (laughs) Read it back to you. Uh, No, uh, you wrote this in the workbook that that comes with the book. But it says, uh, we are more than conquerors through Christ. There will come a time in the life of a true believer that we must face our lonely valleys with only the fact that God's certainty and faithfulness will comfort, encourage, and protect us. It's at this place that we must abandon our rights to ourselves into the logical and perceived reality of our situation, and then trust God without reservation. When we face those valleys that challenge us using only one plan, God's plan, which is hope in God's step-by-step involvement with us, we come to see those lonely valleys are places of great faith building, and we grow closer to our King as a result. It is in these valleys that courage is forged, and it is there that this man becomes more than a conqueror, over trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. And so, uh, um, hold that thought. Uh, I want to <laughs> read a few of the scriptures that, yeah, you know, sure. we always like to start with scripture. Uh, yeah, Because, absolutely. again, these aren't Rocky ideas. These are God ideas. My ideas come out of these. <laughs> yeah, your ideas come from God and out of God's word, which always comes back to God's word. Um, there's a few verses that talk about courage and, and as we abide. Mm-hmm. Psalm 23, the famous shepherd psalm, is a great, uh, great psalm. And verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And... Uh, and then there's another uh, another one that you uh, talk about in Romans eight thirty seven. You kind of alluded to it in the definition. In all things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And then uh, there's there's bunches of scriptures in the in the chapter. But then there's another one um, in Joshua twenty four fifteen. I, I've always loved this where uh, and Joshua was uh, such a he he came after Moses as most people know, but. Uh, at one point in 2415, he said, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve, whether the gods of your forefathers that they served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. Kind of drew a line in the sand. Right. You know? So right. so anyway, so Rocky, all this is uh, just an example of, uh, you know, how we're going to be tested. Our faith is going to be tested. There's going to be trials and all that. And, but it's always back to God's up to something. We, I mean, we, we're always quick to blame Satan and, and sure he is behind a lot of it, but God allows it 
because he's trying to build something. And, and I love the word courage. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I both were just talking about this. It kind of mm-hmm. hit us that there's a lot of our listeners out there who probably need some infusion of courage right now. Yeah. I mean, with uncertain times, with COVID, with uh, lots of things going yeah. on right now. Yeah, it's, most, it's probably the most discouraging time that most people in our culture, our society has faced. And now there are a few people that say, well, this is great, man, we have a good time. But I would say by and large, the general public, even Christians, are highly discouraged. Uh, and uh, and we don't think, by the way, we don't think of that word. When you say discourage, we don't think of how it's the, the root word of that is courage. Yeah. No. Discourage means to be to take away your courage. That's you know exactly I mean? right. We don't think of it that way yeah. when you think of discourage. It's the antithesis of courage, uh-huh. right? And that's to be discouraged. Uh-huh. And and so uh, and and unfortunately, we we oftentimes have our courage uh, propped up by idols, idols of self sufficiency, or idols idols of safety, or idols of predictability. These are the things that we say, oh, yeah, I can wade into anything. I got enough money in the account. Let's go. Oh, I got good health. I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of anything. And, and so on, all these things are propped up by things that we cannot hold on to. And, and, not, and, and quite frankly, it's an illusion. That's not courage. Courage is standing up in spite of those things. The man with cancer that says, my God is able. And I will not fear this because he's in control. Mm. The man who's just gone bankrupt and has nothing to take care of his family, but says, my God is able. Mm. He will supply our need. I'll put my trust in him. I don't know what's around the corner, but I know he does. And I trust him. That's the kind of courage that is this forged in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. But it has to, it has to be, it, it's created another way. Adversity doesn't. Create courage. Personal abandonment and absolute trust is what forges courage. Mm, mm, that's right. And and forging the the word forge, you, you, you like that word because you named one of your books yeah. after that. You know, forge for a vision. You know, forging is kind of like the idea of a steel. You know, something being heated up and then molded and beaten into yeah into a shape. Right. I mean, yeah. so so God does that. To us, yeah, and, and and it takes heat, it takes trials, it mm-hmm. takes blows, mm-hmm. it takes processing. And I think that that's the thing that we tend toward not uh, realizing that courage is a process. You know, James speaks of it. You know, whenever you have various trials, don't be discouraged. Take heart, because mm-hmm. God is using the various trials to strengthen our faith and character. Mm-hmm. That's to strengthen our courage. And, you know, there are times, Brian, that we have to, and we see this in the story with Pastor Nate. Yeah, tell, tell them, yeah, well, bring up you tell them. Well, you know, you guys, have in, if you're reading the story or if, if you haven't, you want to read it. Um, there's a character in Pastor Nate, who's a pastor in the valley around the time when Gabe was living there. And, and uh, things are kind of heating up because some, uh, there's some landowners and all that are trying to force Gabe out. Trying to t- with intimidation and all that, and Nate is wanting to stand by Gabe, but he's he's a little fearful himself. So he try he goes to his congregation and preaches a the best sermon he knows how to try to instill that courage and yeah. get them to join it. And everybody's just looking at the ground and nobody's really wanting to go charging the hill with him. Mm-hmm. And so he's feeling pretty lonely and scared. So yeah. he, he starts trying to put that off on Gabe, 
and Gabe won't take it. Yeah. You know, Gabe's like, hey, he, he re- Gabe's trying to release him from it, but but he's not. Gabe's not gonna. Yeah, well, uh, back it up a little bit and just to kind of give clarity there that you know Gabe has this amazing acreage that's producing all kind of of food for the valley. They don't know it. He's doing it quietly. So that his gift is not known by them. Right. But there is a, a rich person in the neighboring valley who wants that land. He's been trying to get it for a long time. So essentially, he, he just sent word out that he and his henchmen were going to come and force Gabe out of the valley, he and his family. And other people stay out of it, and they'll be okay. If they show up, they they could get hurt. Yeah. So that's what that's what everybody in the valley knows about now. Yeah. Gabe knows about it. <clears throat> and Pastor Nate knows about it. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Nate is trying to get them to do the right thing, and that's stand around Gabe. He even tells them that Gabe is the one that's been providing this food for us. Yeah. You don't realize this, but he is the the, one, the man. Because Gabe had been doing it anonymously. Anonymously. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and that wasn't enough to awaken them there because they were still into their let's take care of me mode. Mm-hmm. That's him and them, and this is me, and I don't want to be involved. Yeah. And that's one of our biggest problems when somebody's out there and alone. We say, I don't want to be involved. Mm-hmm. And we let them take it. And you can see that in our society when people are being beat up on the streets and bystanders come by and just watch the assailant beat them and mm-hmm. rob them. Yeah. Film it. with That's what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, in this situation, Pastor Nate did not yet have that courage. Uh, he was asking them to step up with him so they'll go in numbers because the only one that was going to be uh, there was Gabe and his family. Yeah. But they hung their heads and they weren't going to do anything about that. And Pastor Nate, uh, this is where you say, well, he had to put your money where your mouth is. Well, he did. He, he, he put his resignation before them. That was his way of saying, I'm out of here if you're not in. Yeah. And he, he was not yet, he hadn't gained his courage either. He was just obedient. He knew that this is something that God wanted, and he had to step out. He, he couldn't wait to be brave. He had to step out mm. on faith, in obedience. And he did. And as you follow the story, you will find that Gabe looks at Nate and says, Nate, you're one of the bravest men that I know. Mm because you were able to conquer your fears by obedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's another, uh, there's another aspect of that, and that is that's, where, that's only where it starts, Brian, because if we start with obedience. We have to conquer our fear with, of personal abandonment and absolute trust. We have to go ahead and do it before we can find that we're comfortable with it. It's just an aspect of obedience yeah. Okay. We step into here. I am, Lord. This is called consecration. I'm all yours. Whatever you want of me, I'm yours. You call the shots, not me. Whatever you bring, I accept as coming from you, and I will trust you in this. And I am committed to love you, no matter what. And this is this is where the Lord will then begin taking that man or woman and begin perfecting their courage. Uh, and they will go through trials. We've already mentioned it. They will go through challenges because it's a it's a it's a process. That's the forging aspect. 
as we see God come to our rescue time and time again, and it forges courage, forges faith, mm-hmm. because we know that he's sovereign, that he is in control, that he is the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, mm. and he's my papa. And that kind of personal relationship with him and that aspect of knowing his heart and knowing the way he is forges courage in us. And then we began to be willing to step into situations that we're not, we would not normally do. I'm, I'm, for some reason, I'm, I don't know, bringing this up, but it, I'm picturing that scene in Braveheart when uh, they're all lined up to go fight the guys and they're, and they're, they're afraid and they're about to turn, turn, turn away. Yeah. And he gives the rousing speech and says, yeah. you know, you, yeah, you may die, but, you know, years from now when you're laying in your deathbed and you know that you had that one chance that you mm-hmm. could have lived, laid it all out for a cause, you know. Yeah. And, and I think it's the same thing. It's like you can live the courageous life for God or you can cower away, you know, and try to live it safe the rest of your life. And, you know, and, and, and God's given us opportunities to be, to be courageous and to trust him more. And, and you bring up another point. I, th- I think it's a sub point, but it's a point. That is courage will, uh, is, it will, it is contagious. Yeah. Yeah. Courage is contagious. And so we see that in this, in this story that the courage of Gabe, uh, I mean, <laughs> this guy, he stepped out in the face of people that hated him. And, and I mean, he, uh, he showed poise. He showed grace. He represented uh, the Lord. He never changed his demeanor. He never changed who Gabe was. But he was so courageous, and this courage was contagious to Nate. And Pastor Nate was able to stand with him through all this. Mm. Let me let me read a quote out of the book that when Nate's talking about Gabe, and he says. Man, did it infuse courage in me when Gabe helped me look at the positive possibilities rather than thinking there'd be nothing but bad things happening that night. I was so bound for doom because of my pragmatic, fearful thinking, I couldn't see any outcome but a bad one. Then in a moment, my perspective began to change as I started to look at the situation through a new lens, the lens of faith. You see, that's what happens when a man lives a life of abandonment and trust in Christ. It forges courage in him and it infuses courage in others. Gabe just couldn't see any way possible that God's will wouldn't be carried out. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, this is a, is a inner struggle that we all have to go through. It has to, you know, we have to do business with you know, what we believe and, and then what we'll practice. And I, I hear a lot of people that would say they believe God is Lord of all and, and can do all things. And that he is their defender, uh, that God is their father. They they proclaim all these things, but they walk around in fear as if he is not any of those things. Hmm. So I question, you know, what's going on here? Is it because you uh, are not practicing what you say you believe, or is it because you don't believe what you're saying? Hmm. You don't truly believe it. And so the struggle goes on within me asking the question, do I really believe this about him? Do I really believe this, my relationship with him that way? And in and, and this inner, inner area of asking and seeking and asking and seeking, and this is that 
crucible sometimes that we go through. You know what it is. Mm -hmm. Is that we began to finally have to come to a decision, either I believe it and I'll practice it with personal abandonment and absolute trust, or I don't believe it and I need to admit it and walk away. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, I think that we're being drawn into an age in church history that you're not going to be able to be comfortable now. Mm. I don't think you can be just comfortable in this uh, uh, arm's length faith Mm -hmm. that a lot of of us carried for a long time. And just thinking going to church and trying to be the good guy, that's all that's needed. It's going to take more than that. It's going to take a guy and woman who is is willing to lay it on the line. And this is where personal abandonment and absolute trust comes in. Now, the question is, what what experience have I had to tell me that this is what works? I I was asking a friend of mine who was a Navy SEAL uh, in, during during Vietnam, and I was, I was wanting to know about the nature of warfare, having not been in in battles before, other than NFL and SEC, but. I was asking, so what is the most dangerous warrior on the battlefield? He said, that's easy. I said, what's that? He says, someone not afraid to die. Mm. I said, why is that? So it's because they, they live, they, they, they battle with abandonment. Abandoned. I mean, they're just courageous. And they, you know, they, that's, I mean, they just, what can you do with a guy like this not afraid to die? I mean, if you're not, you're not afraid to put his head down or anything when you're shooting at him, or he just keeps coming at you, keeps coming at you, keeps coming at you. Mm. That's the frightening one right there. Mm-hmm. One doesn't give up. And, uh, and I thought about that and I was thinking, well, what makes a guy like that? He said, well, it's, in his mind, he's already dead. Mm. I mean, he went to the battlefield already. I'm dead, so I might as well live like a dead man here. And if I come out of it, well, that's fine. Mm. But you think about that. It, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. What does that crucifixion to Paul represent? Death. Mm. When he said in Romans 12, 1, I urge you to present your bodies a living, holy sacrifice, separate to God, what was he presenting there? Mm. A sacrifice life. Yeah. A crucified life, one like Christ has been Nail of the cross figuratively. Um, the living sacrifice is a living death, dying to self for the rest of my life so that Christ will be Lord. And when we enter into that situation, then we find ourselves living as dead men walking having died of this world and our rights ourselves. And then the life that we now live, we live by faith. Mm. That's what Paul said. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved himself, loved me and delivered himself up for me. Mm. And so that's the second point of this, is that if we die to our rights to ourselves and we assign them to, to the Lord, then we're actually giving it to him for his safekeeping. For his purposes. Now go back to Psalms 23. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that valley that David was talking about was likely the one that where the Good Samaritan was attacked. Mm. And I've been to Israel and I've seen that valley. 
and it's 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 got some names about it. One of them's the Valley of Death, mm-hmm. and it can be scary for robbers and various other people hung out there. Yeah. And it's and it's that it's that uh, treacherous journey that goes down from Jerusalem into Jericho. And uh, and when you look at it, you can see why he would be saying that the Valley of the Shadow of Death. I'll fear no evil. Mm-hmm. But why is it he didn't fear? See, this is this is the key thing here. This is the key uh, point that we need to remember why a man like David was courageous. Uh, I will fear no evil, for your rod and your staff they comfort me. Mm. Now that rod and staff is uh, an offensive weapon, the rod to knock things down, and staff is a defensive weapon to lift a sheep out of a crag, mm-hmm. cranny, mm-hmm. but it's an offensive and defensive weapon. It's a protective weapon. I will not fear because you are protecting me. Mm-hmm. The sovereignty in our minds and our hearts about God's protection is what gives us courage. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can do that is that we have to release our illusion and we can do it for ourselves. Mm. And as long as we maintain that, we'll never grow into, into the courageous people that can stand against adversity in, in the face of it. We'll only be courageous if we feel safe. Mm-hmm. We'll only feel courageous if we've got resources mm. and if we're not in the battle. But, you know, we're entering an age the battle is going to be constant. Yeah. I mean, it's bat- the battle is with families, in families, and for families, and against families. In churches, with churches, within churches, mm-hmm. within society, everywhere you go, there's embattlement around the world. There's embattlement. It's danger, dangerous to to be on the streets. It's dangerous to because of the road rage. It's dangerous because of assailants. Every everywhere we look, it's dangerous to get on. The internet. It's dangerous for our children to get on the internet. It's yeah. dangerous for men to get on the internet because of the of the lure of pornography. It's just danger all around us. But if we think that we can insulate and isolate ourselves and then we can be safe there, forget about it. Mm. Not gonna happen. Mm. But we can have courage and we will feel that no evil will overcome us because of the sovereignty of my God. Mm. His offense and his defense will be there for me. Mm. But it's going to require us to release that illusion that we can protect ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that personal abandonment and absolute trust, which I have had a lot of people through the years read your book, Journey of the Inner Chamber, and they say that that the words over the door that, you know, you had to, he who cannot enter this chamber unless you have personal abandonment and absolute trust, that that scared a lot of guys to death. Scares us right there. Scares us like, all. Immediately they're thinking about what do I have to give up to follow Christ more deeply? What yeah. What is it? Like, do I have to give all my possessions away? Do I have to quit my job and become a missionary somewhere? Or, you That's know. legalism. You know, when, when people go there, they're, they're trying to basically feel like I need to buy God off. Right. You're not asking for that. Yeah. He's asking for something far greater. Our heart. Yeah, that's right. 
And, and he'll he'll give you instructions after that. <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> if, know, if there's anything he needs you to do. For yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 here's my experience with the Lord after many years, and not only with me but other people that I have encouraged to go to this place we're talking about. I have never seen God ask us to enter into a place of personal abandonment, absolute trust, like we're talking about. And him saying, okay, now I got you. Let me show you why that's a bad decision. Yeah, right. I've never heard anybody say, well, God punished me because of that. Oh, God, just let it, let me have it. Yeah. Oh, that was the worst decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever heard anybody say that, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. What I have heard him say is I found freedom. Yeah. I found peace for the first time in my life. I felt loved like I've never felt before. All the, all the years of over-controlling everything around me because of fear has fallen away because I feel peace with God. I feel safe with Him. Mm. And by the way, I feel courageous. Mm. I think I can face anything now. That's right. Yeah, I think that's that's it. It's not it's not like he's cruel. He's trying to play a trick on us or something like that. It's a threshold, Brian. I, I I continue to think when Jesus said, "I've come to give you life and give it to you abundantly." You know, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. It's an abundant life. It's a better life. Yeah. But but we're afraid. Like we have to control the outcome, or you know, hedge our bets or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, we think so much along earthly lines. I mean, how many times have people thought that? When the Lord said, I'm going to give you life and give it abundantly, the first thing they think is, okay, man, I get a lot of money out of this. Yeah, yeah. A lot of prosperity, a lot of property. Oh, man, I don't have any more problems out of this. I mean, I don't have any sick children. Uh, I don't have any illnesses to face. I don't have any losses occur because that's what abundance means. It doesn't mean that. Mm -mm. It means that. It means in spite of all of that, we have an abundance in our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. in the security that he gives us, in the future that we have. Mm. And we he does not waste any of our tears or any of our hearts, our hurts, none of them. He uses them, mm. not only in reconstructing our life, but helping other people around us. We have a short period of existence in this life. Yeah. I mean, we, I think when we look back, if we if we ever have that opportunity to look back over this brief experience that we had in life, and we've been in heaven about ten thousand years, <laughs> and we still have a remembrance of what it was like, I think we're going to say, "Man, that was overrated." <laughs> I mean, I put too much strain in that one. Yeah, exactly. The only the only thing I see is good out of that is that I obeyed Christ and followed Him and. And there were some people impacted out of it. And, and the investment I made in them is here with me. Mm. And that was the good about that life. Mm. And, I, you know, and I think that this is that uh, kingdom perspective that we've got to have. And we've got to start looking at this world and the, and the news of the world and the ways of the world through a kingdom uh, mindset. A biblical worldview. Yeah. And when we start passing it through theology and seeing it that way, we see the contrast. And we, we can even see uh, some of the promised things that, that were prophesied that we'd be facing even now. Yeah. 
Yeah, it shouldn't be a big surprise, right? I mean, if you read Scripture at all. I think the only reason this is a surprise is because people have avoided it. Mm-hmm. And we will talk about it. Well, there's other things we need to talk about. Well, you know what? It's on us. It's facing us now. And I think that this ministry especially is, has been raised up for times such as this. Yeah. Because our, our mission is to, to uh, help people find the, the courage and the transformation that occurs through abiding in Christ, because that's the only place it's really going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've, and in my experience with influencers, I feel like um, it's a ministry almost to the body of Christ. There's, yeah. there's so many people just sitting with us in church who, who think, like you said, they kind of they do all the right things. They think they're doing all the right things, attend, church attendance, maybe a small group or Bible study or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but when push comes to shove, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of you know, they're not sure what they believe really, you know. And we have an opportunity to come alongside them and yeah. not to judge them, but to help them, you know, show them the way. So. You know, Brian, there's an old saying that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, right. And I think that's been true with us in the in the Western church for a long time. We don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think was the most forgotten thing that we didn't know was abiding in Christ. Yeah, right. I mean, until we started that emphasis, which was the thing that changed my heart, my life, uh, I had never heard about it. I never knew anything about it. And, and I do believe that I was a God seeker. And I just, I said, Lord, I'm, I, I really am all in for you. I just want, want you to take me. And, and that was the beginning of it, a consecration. Mm-hmm. And that's when he began downloading me the necessity, uh, the, the absolute empowerment and enablement and life that comes in an abiding relationship with him. Had knew nothing about it beforehand. Uh, had nobody taught me. Nobody preached about it. Maybe some of the old mystics years ago, back in the 1800s, 1700s, 1600s. Yeah. The so, dead guys talked about it. Yeah, they, they kind of knew something. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But the the point being is, it is probably the most timely message in our Christian world right now that there is. No matter the need for the body of Christ to abide. Yeah, and I don't know how many times I've led a group and someone says, how come no one ever taught me this stuff, you know, about abiding in Christ, you know? And and they're thinking, I'm sure I heard a sermon about it at some point or another, but it never clicked, you know? So it is. Well, again, I go back to that saying that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I think that I think that we kind of we came to a point where denominations began to think, well, we know what needs there is and everybody else is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And it became adversarial, and yet every denomination that centers on their one denomination and their one distinction seems to be missing a lot that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think when we break down those denominational walls and racial divides in the body of Christ and any other thing that is creating these divisions, when we break them down, then we're going to learn from each other. And we're going to learn stuff that we don't know from each other. But the thing that we're going to learn that most of us don't know, and that is our king, our God is the king of kings. Mm. And until we begin to identify with him as princes and princesses, yeah. children of God, and loving each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, we will never become the powerful force 
that the church can be in this world, especially in this country. But if we'll ever get it, we'll ever start understanding that, then we'll step out in courage and we will face the things that are coming at us and he will prevail. God will prevail. Yeah, that's right. Amen. All right. Well, Rocky, we're out of time on this one, but uh, great conversation. Um, and we got a few more secrets left. Uh, next uh, next episode will be the secret of divine illumination. Yeah. Let me say a little bit about the 13 kingdom secrets. That's only 13. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 we could go in here. We could find hundreds of kingdom secrets. Yeah, right. This, this, this one, I think these, uh, to me, directly impact uh, my view of God's intimate uh, presentation of himself mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Has he opened my eyes to show me these things about him? And when I saw them about him, it ultimately drawed draw me near to him. And and through the years, we've noticed it resonates with other people as well. well <laughs> a lot of other people. Because it's truth. It's Because it's truth. That's right. That's right. Well, great. Well, um, again, if you haven't been following along our podcast series, you can find it on our podcast page on our website, influencers.org. we got a lot of other podcasts, too, that we've done different topics and interviewed different leaders and people from all over the country. It's really, really been a fun uh, format for us to share things. So, um, And also, I just want to bring up something really cool that happened uh, before we wrap up, and that was uh, the board, we were just uh, talking to the board about all the curriculum that we've been giving away to Costa Rica and Colombia and Africa and um, yeah, prison ministry. And, okay. and we and we've just always chosen to be generous and, and give away those things to help people. And um, and I wanted to tally it for the board just to let them know, be a good steward, you know, and let them know. And I tallied it up and it was around thirty thousand dollars. I was like, wow, that's quite a bit well, of free just year to date. That was just, yeah, just this year. Yeah, about 30,000. Not the previous year. Right. Yeah. And I thought that's quite a bit of free curriculum. And then um, the day I was going to share that, I get a phone call from one of our guys and he said, hey, I've had some sort of business deal happen and and I'm on a, a great deal and I'm going to give a tithe and I want to give a pledge of up to $30,000 to influencers. And, he's, and the, the figure was 30000 Did he even know about this no, other time? No, no, no. He, he knew nothing about it. It was just it was just amazing to me that God, it's just God, how good God is. Affirmation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. And and so he said, hey, and I want to give other people a chance to come. So I'll match any dollars up to $30,000 in one donate. So we're mm -hmm. so on our website, you'll find a, a $30,000 matching pledge that a guy did. And you got any thoughts about how the board would want to use that uh, match? Would it be for continuing to give free curriculum to? Oh, I'm sure. And, and also helping uh, fund some of our. Replenish it. <laughs> yeah. And, and some of our new regions too. Yeah. We're, we've been trying to be generous to help some of those guys get yeah. a leg up on getting started. And, yeah. and we love just uh, support to continue the, the work of making disciples and well, we do it. It, it. We just continue to just, we, we experience God's pleasure. Yeah. Just feel his pleasure when we do it. And, and it's so much freedom to enjoy that. So I remember what Paul said to the Philippians. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that comes to your account. Yeah. And that's been our perspective about any kind of support for this ministry. We don't really seek it, but we seek the profit that comes to people's account when they when they're joined with us in whatever means. Financial is wonderful because it helps us produce the books. It helps us to uh, provide many books to people that can't afford them. Mm -hmm. uh, expand the ministry worldwide. Yeah, um, you have to you have to invest into an area before you ever see much coming out of it. That's mm -hmm. the sowing. There's a sowing, and then later on a reaping. Yeah, a lot of travel that goes there. 
So yeah, it's uh, it's just continues to help me. I love to be a, a, a giver to this ministry because mm-hmm. it provides a tremendous blessing back to me. Yeah, absolutely. So any of you, if you'd like to be part of that uh, matching fund, you can find it on our website on our giving page. And, uh, and uh, we just know that you'll be blessed as much as anybody by, by doing that. So anyway, well, thank you for joining us today. This has been the Influencers Network podcast. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.